What is up, Still Studians? I can't hit my typical high notes today because as you can hear, my voice is still trashed from this weekend trying to edge the Steelers over the Patriots. But welcome to episode number 417 of the study session here on this Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. My gratitude to you for being a supporter of the Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me, so thank you for that. And thank you for joining me, Yin's beautiful, beautiful studyings. Today, going to spend some time talking more about the Steelers' loss, some of the narratives that are coming out of the game, and just trying to set, recalibrate, reset the stage of this team, the state of the Steelers. The sky is falling in Pittsburgh. People just need to calm down. And I'm hoping that I'm able to provide some sense of peace and poise as the Steelers prepare for the Cleveland Browns this coming Thursday. Anyway, my gratitude to you. Don't forget about the podcast I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. New episode coming your way. Check it out. Link in the show notes. And give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. Would love to connect with you. Let's make that happen. You know how to do it. Anyway, Pittsburgh Steelers lose to the New England Patriots 17-14. And you would think that the Steelers got beat by the Jets by one point and gave up 30 points to Joe Flacco-led bad team. You would think that the Steelers lost to the Miami Dolphins after having a big lead and blew it in the fourth quarter and surrendered 600 passing yards. You would think, right, referencing the losses that the Browns had and that the Ravens had, embarrassing losses, disturbing losses, damaging losses. But no, we're talking about a 17-14 loss to New England. Now, having had some time to process the game, wanted to just reset everything here for you regarding the Steelers. First of all, a couple things to keep in mind. This contest against the Patriots came following a, essentially it was a five-quarter game against the Bengals going into overtime. The Steelers played an additional fourth of a professional football game in a divisional battle against the Bengals in what was a very emotional, tiring game. And a lot of people will be like, oh, well, that doesn't matter, blah, 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 blah. It does. There is an element of fatigue that comes along with that. There is a bit of mental fatigue that comes along with that. So you have to keep that in mind. And you also have to keep in mind too, the defense lost their leader. I I talked about the one player on defense they could not afford to lose and they've lost him for a period of time. <clears throat> and this was the first game that the Steelers had to play without him. And obviously there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be adjustments that have to be made. And we saw that on display versus New England. It's not going to happen overnight. And it didn't happen against the Patriots. There was hardly any pass rush. But 
Does that mean we condemn this defense and say that they're not going to play high-quality football until T.J. Watt comes back? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's the wrong perspective. That's inaccurate. And that's just a perspective fueled by emotion and not being able to look at this thing objectively. Offensively, fire Matt Canada, right? That's the narrative that's coming out. And I'll agree with you. It has not looked great in terms of the plays that are being called, whether that's because there's not a lot of confidence in what Mitch Trubisky can bring in terms of the leader of this offense. But one of the things that I was critical about Randy Feetner prior to Canada and even about Roethlisberger is it never seemed like that there was any cohesion or building of plays on each other. No conceptual framework. And it looks more of the same. It, It doesn't appear that there is a game plan that utilizes the offensive player's strengths and attacks the defense in its weak areas and capitalizes on matchups. It just seems like they're random plays that are called out of nowhere. That does fall on the offensive coordinator. Is Canada going to be fired? When's the last time the Steelers have fired a coach during the season? Exactly. Now, things would have to be tremendously bad. They'd have to be horrible. They'd have to be wretched. And this team isn't there yet. And again, pump the brakes a bit. It's only game number two. Is there work to be done on offense? Absolutely. Is it time to fire everybody and put new starters out there? Not yet. Other things that are coming out, some other narratives. Najee Harris doesn't have vision. He can't see the hole. Now, I talked about last week, he is not committing to the hole. He's not hitting the hole with speed and resolution. He's dancing a bit. He's hesitating. Why is that? I don't know. But this criticism that he doesn't have the vision, that he's a bust as a first-round pick, that he doesn't have elite running back talent is nonsense. Go back and watch his tape from Alabama. And people might say, oh, that's college football. Yeah, college football at the highest level. Go back and watch his film from last year. He ran for 1,200 yards behind an absolutely horrible offensive line. Don't forget, he's coming off an injury. Two injuries. So for everyone who is ready to bury Najee and say that he's the problem, that's inaccurate. Again, that is an emotional response to people just being pissed off that the team lost and only ran for 49 yards. It doesn't all fall on Harris. The offense is super predictable right now. Even though there were some holes that were open, when you have no threat of, forget the deep pass, but just an intermediate pass over the middle of the field, what do you think defenses are going to do? And for those people who are saying, oh, we'll just put Jalen Warren back there as a starting running back. He could do a better job than Harris. Look, I love Jalen Warren. I'm a fan. 
I think he's going to have a nice career with the Steelers. But he's a backup running back. He is not a guy who's going to be able to carry the workload. Be patient. The playoffs aren't made game two. The Super Bowl is not one game two. Calm down. Be objective. And then the other piece. Bench Trubisky. Put Kenny Pickett out there. I get it. I understand. And I do think, and I've said all along, and I'll reiterate, after game five or six, the Steelers coaching staff is going to make a call as to whether or not Trubisky is going to continue as a starter or if Pickett's going to come in. you got to wait till week five or six for that to happen. It's not happening this Thursday at Cleveland. But here's the, here's the thing to consider. Is... Let's say you throw Kenny Pickett out there Thursday night against the Browns or even the following week against the Jets. Let's say that there's poor pass protection. There's no running game, and he just gets absolutely destroyed. He gets sacked a bunch of times. He throws a couple picks. What's that going to do for his confidence? How many young quarterbacks have we seen come into this league and get thrown immediately into the fire only to struggle and stumble and not be able to find their way? How has it worked out for those guys who were thrown immediately into the mix? How's that worked out? Here's your answer. Not good. So while there is a time and place for Kenny Pickett to start, it's not yet. You got to give Mitch a few more games. And I'm not saying that he Trubisky's not responsible for some of the ineptitude of the offense. He absolutely is. But give the guy a chance. It's week two. And it just doesn't fall on Trubisky. This is a team game, ladies and gentlemen. And the, the finger pointing or the apparent criticizing or talking nonsense on the the play calling within the huddle. How about you just focus on the play and execute the play? It's during the game, during an NFL regular season game in the huddle. Is that the appropriate time to be bitching about a play call? No wonder why the offense couldn't get it done. If your focus is on, oh, man, this play sucks, we shouldn't have – what do you think's going to happen? I hope that there's not infighting happening in that huddle because that speaks to bigger problems. I'm going off here a little bit on this Tuesday. But again, here's the main thing to keep in mind. It's week three. The Steelers have one divisional win and a very valuable one against the Cincinnati Bengals. They are the only AFC North team with a divisional win. And they are currently in first place in the division with another AFC North contest coming up on Thursday. So, Steelers have two options here. They can whine, piss, and moan about all this Patriots loss in Steelers Nation too. And just focus on that. All this team's going to be terrible. Or you could shift your attention to the Browns, score another AFC North victory, 
and already have won two of your six divisional games for the year and still be in first place in the AFC North. Ladies and gentlemen, football is not a linear game. It's not a straight line where everything you're beating teams 42 to 7 every game. And <laughs> newsflash, the Steelers are not the Buffalo Bills. The Steelers are not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. They're not. And if you have any delusion that that's what they're going to be, abandon it now. Otherwise, you're going to be set up for extreme disappointment. This is going to be a team that's going to have to claw and fight and scratch their way to nine or ten wins. Can they do it? Absolutely. They have the talent to do it. But the way the team is currently set up, they're not, they're not that team. They're not a 47 to 10 winning team. Now, maybe Kenny Pickett, when he eventually comes in and starts, he brings some magic with him. But remember, losses are going to happen in the NFL. Even the best teams lose. Bad losses are going to happen. Players are going to have bad games. There's going to be turmoil in-house. But guess what? It's all temporary. And the best cure for that kind of nonsense is a victory. And my black and gold brethren, that's what's got to happen this Thursday in Cleveland against the Browns. Get the win. You won't hear anything about this. Lose. <laughs> then maybe we're having a little bit more of a different conversation on Friday morning. And studying, 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 studying. That is it. That is the end. That is the conclusion of episode number 417 of the study session. Still rolling along here with my damaged voice. I got to recover for Thursday. Anyway, my gratitude to you. Be sure to check out the podcast I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, the Still City Insider Podcast. It is linked in the show notes. Don't forget, there are three ways we can connect. You can comment directly on articles at the bottom of the page. Hit me up via email at thestillstudy@gmail.com. Give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. We'd love to connect with you. Don't forget that the Still Study is now on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, get daily updates to your feed. And don't forget about that donut button. If you appreciate the site, enjoy what I do, want to buy me a beer, click that donate button. You can contribute any amount. You know I'd appreciate it in Beautiful, beautiful studies. And with that, remember, life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. That's it. That's the close for today. Life is beautiful. Do something positive for yourself and someone else and be grateful for your breath, for your day, for your life, because without it, what do you have? Nothing. Peace, everyone. Make it a great day.